time for Taking Care of Business on Midlands 183. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Midlands 103. Hello and a very good evening. It's Tuesday the 17th of October. I'm Ronan Berry and you're very welcome to Taking Care of Business. Coming up between now and 8pm, the Midlands ICT Cluster Skills Survey suggests regional companies can create up to 800 new ICT jobs in the next three years alone. That's in addition to the over 3,000 jobs already created in this sector and in this region. Midlands Regional Skills Forum Manager John Costler will be along shortly with all the details of that survey and looking at those key areas and critical skills gaps that need to be filled in order to meet those um, expectations too. I'm going to look at some of the measures that were announced in Budget 2024 last week that we didn't have a huge amount of detail on this time last week, but we have a little bit more now and, and look at the implications they have in the Midlands and indeed for Midlands businesses. So in a little while, Tom Dowling of Hammer Lake Studios in Mullingar will be along to talk about the extension of the film tax credit to December 2028. It's an increase in qualifying expenditure on projects from £70 million up to £125 million. Now, the name Hammer Lake Studios probably rings a bell with uh, hugely ambitious plans there to develop new film studios over in Mullingar. Uh, phase 1 has been given provisional planning permission already, so Tom will take us up to speed with that project indeed and speak about what this extension means for that sector. And sticking on that team of budget measures, the Employment Investment Incentive Scheme, or the EIIS, is being enhanced to double the maximum investment on which you can claim relief to 500,000 per annum, where shares are held for a minimum of four years. Again, let's translate that into everyday language. If you are one of those people who apparently has some extra cash after last week's budget, and maybe you want to look at a way of investing that money, well, there are a number of companies who offer opportunities to put money into them through the EIIS scheme. And Damien Young, the CEO of Carlo Zoo Scooters will be along to, to discuss the move but also to talk about the opportunities that his company have for investment and um, so lots coming up here on Taking Care of Business. Now before that there is a major careers fair taking place in Athlone tomorrow. It's taking place in Toos Athlone and it is their annual careers fair. So to find out more about it and, and um, give a sample of exactly what's involved and who's involved I'm going to be joined now by Denise Dolan. Denise's careers offer, officer over in Toos. Uh, very good evening Denise. Good evening, Ronan. How are you? Denise, Denise this careers fair, it um, really is a, a snapshot of some of the amazing companies that are now based in the Midlands. Can you give us an overview of, of some of the companies who are exhibiting tomorrow? Yeah, thanks very much for the opportunity to, uh, to speak on them. Um, so we've over 90 companies, Ronan, uh, taken exhibiting tomorrow in Tuesday alone. Uh, it's in the International um, Sports Arena, so we literally just left there about an hour ago after setting up all the stalls. Um, so we've a range, there really is a massive range of companies from Ericsson to DBD to uh, Keypack to Harmac Medical and Castellari. Um So there's, a, there's a, a really a wide range. What we, um, to Village Vest, I just saw Village Vest and then there it's the season, but like we've a right, right, wide range of um, companies and exhibitors coming in. Um, really, we, we tried to um, kind of focus in on what we have in the college, so the, 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 um, the faculties, uh, the departments, and then the students um, that are what they're interested in. So um, we zoned in on that. Um, so we, we are full. It's a full. We actually have a waiting list, which is fantastic. It's first year ever. Um, so it's great that we have so many companies looking for 
our graduates um, to come out and get employment. What really jumps out actually, and I'm looking at that list of exhibitors there, It's and I, I spoke at the start of the show about the ICT cluster and the opportunities there. Yeah. This joke is to do, it's ICT, it's manufacturing, it's, you know, it's services, it's home care, everything, it's hospitality. You really have a great representation of all the various sectors and you say that that ties in with, with, with the faculties in TUS as well. Um, you're expecting a large attendance then tomorrow? Yeah, so um, we are expecting large attendance. Usually we have over 1,000 students. Uh, we envisage tomorrow that we'll have over 1,500 to 2,000 students visit the arena um, because they're very keen and we've actively been promoting the event for the last couple of weeks with the students. Um, we've also run webinars on creating the perfect CV, acing your interview, how to get your LinkedIn profile up to scratch, so we've been working hard with the students that they're ready. You know, they're they're absolutely ready for these graduate jobs. Um, so hopefully the employers will have plenty of employability out there tomorrow. Yeah, it seems like that it shouldn't be a problem as well. From your own perspective in the careers office then, I mean, a lot of the talk is often bridging that gap between what the different sectors need and, and getting that education for students through the college as well. Days like this must really give you a great opportunity to engage with those companies who are creating those employment opportunities. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'll be going around to the companies chatting to them and I'll be asking them, what, you know, what competencies are they looking for from our students? Whether it's resilience, teamwork, leadership qualities, like working on their own initiative, what are they looking for uh, from our students? And from that, then I'm going to work. We have a career readiness, a work readiness program coming up in November. Um, and we will work on those competencies that those employers are looking for. Um, and also we will, it will help us to look at their applications, what's the best approach to filling in an application, the best approach to our student CVs. So, you know, I will be knocking on all those doors of the exhibitors tomorrow because it's not too often that you get 90 employers in the same room together and able to, um, to talk to them. So it should be very exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to meeting them and seeing what jobs are out there. It certainly sounds like from the employer's perspective, there's a huge appetite for it. Do you think from the graduates, are they equally keen to actually find these jobs and fill these roles in the Midlands, maybe as opposed to, to moving outside the Midlands or indeed moving overseas? Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, students are coming in at the minute and they're, they're happy to stay at home with the way things are. Um, you know, and, and a certain, obviously there's certain cohorts of our of our, you know, that are interested in travelling. And I have no problem with any student travelling abroad. It widens their opportunities and then and they'll come back um, bigger and brighter than ever. Um, so we're not, you know, we're not leave, they're not leaving the country forever. A lot of them will be coming back within two, three, four years. Um, but in, uh, many of our students are talking about staying where they are. They love, like they love the Midlands region. Um, there's so many opportunities out there at the minute in our region, which is fantastic um, because, you know, there, there's so much new business going in. Um, and we are, um, you know, they're an asset to our region. So we want to keep them there. Um, and I suppose looking at the bigger cities in that, it is so expensive to live there that they now realise even by just being in college in, in the Midlands that it's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no. There's a, and there's a, it has a huge amount to offer and indeed I think tonight's show is going to kind of show that uh, throughout uh, over the course of the evening as well. There's huge amounts yeah. on offer and, and lots more coming as well. The Careers Fair is taking place tomorrow. Can you tell us what time it's on from, where it's at and if people want to find out more how they can go about doing that? Yeah, so it's on at 10am in the morning. It opens up. Um, it's 10 to 2pm in the afternoon. It's on in the um, Tooth at Lone. 
um, international sports arena, so it's the running track there on our main campus. Um, and then we, you know, you're more than welcome to come in as an outsider. If you want to come in and look around and see, it's mainly graduate opportunities, but still uh, we have placement opportunities, there's summer employment. These companies are all coming in looking for the right people um, to employ. So it's all about employability tomorrow. And it's all about getting the buzz out there that there is jobs out there. And there's, you know, there's great positivity around a day like tomorrow. Absolutely, you know, it sounds fantastic too and one not to be missed and you say much more than just graduate opportunities there. But for now, Denise, all the very best with that tomorrow and uh, looking forward to hearing some feedback on it and, and how it went for you overall. Great, thank you so much for the opportunity. Not at thank all. Thank you. An absolute pleasure. That's Denise Dolan, their careers officer in Tusat Loan, speaking about their careers fair that's taking place tomorrow, Wednesday, 18th of October. And as Denise said, from 10am to 2pm, over 90 local companies exhibiting in at that. And there are some major companies down to the, some of the best of the smaller companies around the Midlands as well. Huge opportunities there, worth checking out if you are a graduate or indeed if you're looking for that new opportunity. Stay tuned. After the break, I'm going to look at huge opportunities potentially in the ICT sector across the Midlands in the next three years. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Lots to get through between now and 8 o'clock including the new film tax credit extension that will have huge positive implications for a Midlands business and also I'll be looking at the Employment Investment Incentive Scheme and Zoo Scooters down in Carlow have an opened a new round of funding as well. So if you're one of those people who has some money sitting in the bank post-COVID or indeed following last week's budget and you're looking to put some of that money behind a great company, stay tuned about quarter to eight and find out exactly how you can do that and how you can unveil of new tax breaks as well uh, announced in Budget 2024 on such schemes. Before that though, I'm going to go and look, just before the break, we spoke to Denise Dolan there about um, the careers fair taking place in Toos tomorrow and I'm going to highlight now a really interesting uh, report that came out just uh, yesterday as well and basically ICT Skills Survey finds potential for over 800 new Midlands tech jobs by 2026. Now, this research was carried out by the Midlands Regional Skills Forum, an industry and education partnership on behalf of the Midlands ICT cluster. So to take us through some of the key findings of that report, I'm delighted to be joined by the forum manager for the Midlands Regional Skills, John Coslow. John, a very good evening to you. Um, again, highly positive news emanating from the Midlands. Take us through, how did, this, how did the need for the survey first come and, and how did it land on your desk? Um, yeah. Good evening, Ronan. Um, yeah, it is part of one of our one of our plans for the year was to look at the whole ICT um, skills, critical vacancies, etc. Um, more more importantly, I suppose it links into an ICT action plan that's embedded in our regional enterprise plan. So, I suppose it landed on my desk, which on the forums desk, to look at the whole area of of the skills in this sector. Um, we undertook the survey early in the year. Uh, towards the end of the first quarter. It was very timely because we were hearing there was a lot of vacancies and a lot of skills shortages in this area. Uh, and then, I suppose, shortly after we started the survey, we were hearing of companies letting people go, etc. Um, and, and probably a little bit of a breaks put on worldwide on it. So it was probably very, very timely. Um, so it, it was... Um, it, 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 I suppose the survey itself, we, we, we worked with Midland companies, Midland companies that were involved in ICT, tech support, etc., um, employing over 3,000 people. Um, they weren't just the software. While we have, we have large companies that are in the whole area of software development, we also have small, medium companies in tech support, uh, data analytics, the whole area of AR and VR. So we had a wide, I suppose, um, scope for the, for the skills audit between sector-wise and company size. 
It's, um, I suppose, it's kind of almost becoming widely acknowledged. A lot of those big tech companies that you refer to there, they pretty much overshot the runway in terms of their growth during COVID and, and their projections for the years ahead. It put a lot of employees back out into the market. Has, has that opened up opportunities for Midlands companies, do you think? It, it, it has and it hasn't. I mean, the findings in our, in, in, the findings in our in survey, over 90% of the companies anticipate recruiting over the next three years, right? And again, very depending on the size of the companies, um, it, it, it was, I suppose, that, that is very, very encouraging. And it's it, at all levels within the organisation, from new entrants, graduates to senior posts. And so they, while, while the, the overall is looking at about 800, it, it, will, it will vary across different, I suppose, levels within the organisation. And so it is, it is positive um, in, in relation to, in, to it as well. But also, I suppose, during COVID and the whole remote working, there was, like any sector, the ICT sector uh, would have lost the staff to the whole remote working um, as well. And I suppose that came across in, in, in our survey, I suppose, in some cases where um, people have, I suppose, migrated towards city companies working from home, Dublin and London, in fact, you know, so that came, that came out in the survey as well. I suppose, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, an open an open road there. You can you can live in the mm-hmm. Midlands and work for a company anywhere across the world. But I suppose, again, from Midlands' perspective, 93% of the companies are expecting and anticipate continued growth over the next number of years. Again, another highly positive statistic. And within that, though, 70% of them have identified those critical vacancies. Can you speak to us more about those and, 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 and the kind of what, what precise roles we're looking at and maybe what we're doing to try and, and fill those skills gaps? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it varies, as I said, in the, in the whole software end of it, it's software engineers um, from, I suppose, entry level to people with experience uh, to senior people. There's also technical technical support and um, people that, I suppose, would deal with the whole area of installation supporting people. There's also the whole area of cybersecurity came out, came out in, in the survey as well, and there's a huge growing area. And the whole area of data analytics and business analysis, that's, a, I suppose, a whole... Um, new area and a lot of work being done there as well. We've also seen areas where the whole area of AR and VR um, we're lucky to have two companies within the Midlands working on that and then there's I suppose pockets of the whole artificial intelligence as well on it so they they were our our, our, our main findings um, from the report Um, I I think it it would be fair to say to try and address it what was interesting as well 70% of the companies were aware or I suppose their understanding of what provision was there but yes I suppose if we are to try and fill these roles we'd have to definitely up the provision so the provision um, plans are to look at possibility new apprenticeships uh, it's a buzzword at the moment. We have some apprenticeships at level six on in software and, and the whole area of hardware and, and, and networking. So there's plans to put, look at new um, apprenticeships in the whole area of software development, tech support, AR, VR as well. And I think uh, to upskill as well, we have to start looking at short, snappy upskilling courses uh, the word at the moment is micro-credentials or digital badges, but short courses that ultimately will give people skills to, I suppose, upskill. I think what came out of it as well is, is, is to, companies need a knowledge base of what's out there and how best to access it. So our plan is to put a catalogue of courses together, interactive catalogue with all our education training providers and wider a field. So at least to know where to go to, whether it is to look at, at a potential new um, New talent, or more importantly, look at the whole area of upskilling. So there's a wide range of, uh, of I suppose, solutions. And I suppose finally one that we 
actively encouraging is the whole pathway. So people, when they when matter what level you're at, whether it's in ICT or, or any other sector, how you can progress, how you can diversify, and more importantly, I suppose, um, keep staff by putting career pathways in place. And we're going to try and, I suppose, put a career path in place for people in the ICT sector. I suppose one thing about those roles in ICT, and I know as part of your job with the, with the Re- Midland Regional Skills Forum, like you're, you're conducting surveys or even have done for the manufacturing sectors, the food and drink sectors, you know, different different sectors, all of which are massive contributors and massive employers here. A lot of these ICT skills are very transferable amongst all those companies. So we're probably, it'd be remiss of people to think of just kind of tech companies in this, wouldn't it? Like they need to think of every company Absolutely. basically now needs these skills. Absolutely. While we have our tech companies, we have we have companies um, that participated in it as well, who who are are, are in manufacturing, uh, and that also came out within our advanced manufacturing. I mean, one of the key findings there was the whole area of cyber security and and data analysis. So that came out. So you're right. It's not just. Um, these key skills and, and, and careers can, can, I suppose, are cross-sector, while it's not just the, the big ICT tech companies. Um, it, it definitely has roles in, in, in a wide variety of companies across the Midlands. Are you also seeing firsthand as well that need for companies to, to look at getting their staff upskilled as well? I mean, on last week's show, I spoke to some uh, QFAs and they were saying now like the skills that a QFA needs beyond the financial stuff is really digital skills too. Are, are you seeing yeah. that, that skills gap there and are companies begin to kind of find those kind of pathways in order to fill them? Absolutely. I mean, listen, it has, it, I know it's, it's international year of skills, but it, now more than ever with a range of courses from a lot of our education training providers, whether it's DTBs, whether it's our springboard, whether it's, it's, it's our human capital initiatives, whether it's our skin net provision, there's a wide variety of courses there. But more, more, more importantly, I suppose, they're, hev- they're heavily subsidised and funded. And they're in a very flexible manner. So, you, I mean, I often meet companies and we talk about upskilling and they say, oh God, my, my the, the staff have, have, won't go to Athlone or won't go to Tullamore for their night classes. But it, it's not that. A lot of it is recorded lectures online. So I think we have a bit of work to to work with companies so that they understand ultimately, I suppose, what upskilling is and the, the new methods of upskilling. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's it. It's it's going to be a, a kind of never present thing, I suppose. Probably that need as well, because we all know all it takes is you look at the, like the generative AI now. It, it almost entirely throws in its head the skill sets we have and makes people learn a whole new things as well. I suppose within your own brief and across all those other sectors too, are are you seeing kind of also that anticipated growth from companies too, or are there any sectors maybe where that that growth might be slowing, or is it just literally we're at full employment and and just find more people? We're at full employment, and, and I mean, it is fair to say all sectors are actively recruiting. Um, what came out as well in this ICT and has come out in some of the, some of the, the manufacturing as well is that companies are looking at importing talent and importing staff. All right, but that I mean that came out in this um, in, in our audit here as well. The whole area of housing, accommodation, and um, being competitive rates of pay. Uh, so that has come out in, in the other so like when you're at full employment no matter what sector I meet they, they will look at maybe trying to bring in from abroad but that has its, has its own problems as well uh, with regard to I suppose housing and, and more importantly retention of staff yeah, it would suggest with 800 jobs over three years that it, this is more of a, there is a kind of a phase plan too. It's something that the Midlands can accommodate. I mean, if a big tech company came and announced a thousand jobs in the morning, we'd be rolling out red carpets and blowing the trumpets. So <laughs> is it a, could somebody suggest that it's a, it's a modest enough target over three years or is, is that really what we can, we can actually deal with? I suppose these are all well-paid uh, professional jobs. 
Absolutely. Uh, and I mean, I think from, from the outset as well, like the companies themselves, we set up a subgroup, got involved in designing the skills audit with us and working on it. Um, y- y- you're right. I mean, they're telling us of the potential for up to 800 jobs. But I, I, again, as I go back to, I suppose, start of the conversation, we can look at our education, training, provision coming through with new new entrants, etc. But we also have to look at ways of attracting more people to come working for these companies in the Midlands. And I suppose that's been done with the fabulous work embedded in the regional enterprise plan by Midlands Ireland, making making the Midlands attractive an attractive place to work. But look, listen, it's fair to say all sectors are trying to do that. Whether it's hospitality, whether it's manufacturing, ICT, retailer, everybody's trying to attract talent. You know. Absolutely. Well, John, listen, keep up the great work as well. And thank you so much for that contribution this evening. And it's fantastic to see the, these surveys coming out as well and showing what's here in the Midlands, but also the opportunities that are there too and helping companies and universities and everybody to align their, 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 their plans around and what's needed to deliver all these things. So, John, thanks so much for that as always. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon on Taking Care of Business. Thanks for having me in, Ron. John Costa there is Midlands Regional Skills Forum Manager. Now, when it comes to creating employment in the region, often a hugely ambitious uh, ambitious plan is announced. And a couple of years back, the plans were unveiled for Hammer Lake Studios in Mullingar. It has the potential to create massive employment. So after the break, I'll be joined by Tom Dowling, one of the people behind Hammer Lake. And Tom's also going to speak about an announcement in last week's budget, particularly around the film tax credit, again, which could have major positive implications for that industry. So that's coming up after this quick break. Taking care of business with thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmead. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. On the show between now and 8pm, I'm going to look at two different measures that were announced under last week's budget. Now, they still have to go through the finance bill and all that, but um, again, quite positive implications for businesses across the Midlands and indeed across the country. Later on, I'll be talking to Damien Young from Zeus Scooters down in Carlow. You're probably familiar with Damien. He's been on the show a few times over the last six years, but they also are there at a new round of funding, uh, raising funding as well. And uh, they've got opportunities there for anybody who would like to avail of the EIS scheme. That's the Employment Investment Incentive Scheme. You can actually make an investment in the companies there. There's been some major potential tax breaks, extra tax breaks announced for that in last week's budget. Then you'll take us through those and also speak about that opportunity that exists with his company. Bear in mind, they have scooters for hire in six countries. That's over 40 or 50 cities right across Europe as well. So they're a fast-growing company. So you might be able to get in on the action there. But another thing that was announced amongst all the Good news, I'd say, last week was an extension of, um, basically, an extension within the film industry and the production industry, basically a film tax credit, um, up the, extending it until December 2028. Now, put that in context, that's an increase in qualifying expenditure on projects from around 70 million up to 125 million. What, as you might that mean for the Midlands area? Well, I'm going to kind of make you think back to about a year or two ago when there was an announcement made by Hammer Lake Studios of a very ambitious plan to develop a big campus there outside Mullingar. And one of those people that was involved at that stage at that time was Tom Dowling. And Tom joins me on the phone now. Tom, I suppose, maybe give us a snapshot of what this um, extension of the tax credit would mean within the film industry in general before we look at that Hammer Lake project. Yeah, well, I suppose, uh, you know, Ireland's rep- reputation has, has grown in the last 15, 20 years as an international hub for production. So, you know, if we were to go back to the early 90s, we were doing part films here and then part of it was going to Germany or was going to the UK or somewhere else. So in the, in the last 20 years, you know, we've we've grown our talent pool. Uh, we've grown our, our training initiatives. And uh, our studios have grown as well. So, you know, we, we have all the elements 
coming together now. So we're now regarded as one of those key international hubs where uh, large film productions will come and shoot their projects in Ireland. So that's that's good news for us. Yeah, I know at the, at the end of last year, Screen Ireland kind of announced that 2021, the figures they had for that year, it was a record year, over 500 million um, spent within the film industry and production. And actually, international productions in that time grew by 45%. And I guess a lot of us probably see the, the outputs from that, like, you know, there was 35 major international award nominations based on Irish productions in that year as well. So we're clearly doing something really good. What is the scale of the opportunity that exists within that sector, though? Well, you know, the, the industry is, is changing. So we're moving to a more digitalized um, filmmaking production right now. So you will hear a lot about virtual production in the next five to, five to ten years. So that, that's, a, that's a very high-tech aspect to uh, filmmaking. So that will be one aspect which we'll see. The other aspect we're, we're actually seeing right now is the streamers and the, and the demand for content. So with that demand for content is the demand for studio space and the demand for more crew. So, you know, uh, we need to kind of bring, raise all boats together. So training, uh, studios, uh, and, and then the, the people to bring in those productions. And the cost of those productions uh, has been rising over the last 10 years quite considerably. So, you know, if we were to go back probably... 10 years ago, we were talking probably a, a high-end drama. You were probably talking about 7 million an episode. So 10 episodes, they're generally made in. That's a 70 million project. So, you know, the cap, which Section 481 was based at at that time, 70 million covered most of those uh, large-scale projects. If you were to move on to, uh, say, um, um uh, foundation which has just been shot in in Troy Studios that was 125 million uh, series so it's 12.5 million an episode so you know they the the company coming in here is saying yeah that's great but you know we could bring more of these projects here but we can go elsewhere and get a a, a better tax break than what you have in Ireland and and the government the government has known that for some time so you know uh, there was a lot of toing and froing uh, with the different bodies behind the scenes to try and uh, and make that case for getting the tax incentive up. So, yeah, everybody was expecting a rise this year. We were expecting it to go to 100 million, maybe, but 125 really gives us a huge opportunity to bring in the best of shows now that that's on demand out there anywhere in the world. So that's really given us a good competitive edge uh, with any of our uh, near neighbours or Canada, um, uh, to, to mention a few. So yeah, it's it's a, it's a huge um, it's a huge um, commitment by the government to do that and and in the long term development of the screen industries. Yeah, it certainly looks like a, a vote of confidence in the industry as well. And of course, um, I mentioned at the start there, you were involved at one point in the Hammer Lake project for Mullingar. I mean, a, a highly ambitious project. I know it's it secured kind of a provisional planning for phase one of that. And, and that really was focused on developing those digital studios. Yeah. So, yeah, well, Hammer Lake is, you know, I, I spent two and a half years uh, working on it from the time going out to find a location to uh, come up with a plan. Uh, yeah, talk to all the agencies, get get it into planning, get it through planning, and then uh, start on the road of of getting it financed. Now, uh, we're we're speaking about the uh, the good news in terms of what's happened with the the budget this week with with uh, the cap moving up, but this year we've also had two strikes. We have an actor strike, 
and a writer's strike. And you probably don't hear too much about it in the news on a day-to-day basis. But the impact on the industry this year has been huge. So from April onwards, you know, a lot of projects were put on ice. So they weren't making those big projects. So you've probably not seen it in your streamer channels yet, but by come the end of the year, you're going to notice a fall off in content because they haven't been making those big shows since April or May this year. Uh, it was only what was in production got uh, to go ahead. And then when it came to August, everything stopped. So you had the writer's strike, which happened first, and then you had the actor's strike, which kicked in in August, and then everything shut down. So just to give you an example, in the UK, there's 60,000 people working in the sector over there. There's about 10,000 people working in the sector now. So it's impacting all over the world, you know. Now, you know, this is not going to last forever. Uh, the, the writers' uh, agreements and the actors' agreements hadn't been updated for a number of years, and they're, they're out of sync, and particularly when we talk about these new de- digital technologies. So, you know, in terms of the writers, uh, it's about AI. So, you know, uh, writers are obviously concerned that AI could take over uh, script writing. In terms of the actors, it's about the virtual production. So you go in and you get a full-body scan uh, of an actor. So ca- can that image be used? in other places without your permission. So there are a couple of things that need to be tied up in that. So so uh, it's important that the industry deals with that and we moved on. And then I think come, uh, come February, March of next year, things will then start to, to scale up again. Uh, the knock-on effect on that is in terms of investors like the people we've been dealing with, with Hammer Lake Studios. Those guys have put all um, studio projects pretty much on ice <clears throat> until, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> until there's um, there's a resolution to the strike. So um, we're not going to see we're not going to see money flowing, and it's not just for our project; it's for projects all over Europe. And um, pretty much the finances have put a lid on it for the moment, and they'll come back and look at it in the spring. So in the meantime, <clears throat> I've moved on, and I'm working in terms of uh, skills training. So. There's a lot of screen skills training that's required in the region. So I'm working with Enterprise Ireland at the moment, and I'm working with John Costello. Uh, you mentioned him in your piece earlier today there. So John and I are working together. So we're, we're trying to create uh, these hubs uh, where we'll train people, and particularly with digital skills. So that, that's my, my focus uh, for the next six to nine months is going to be on that. I know you quoted some figures from the UK there. Did we see a similar scale in Ireland? And was that a bit like maybe in hospitality where people seem to leave the sector and not come back? Or are those people that given the skill set they've got, are they likely to return straight back into that same industry? Yeah, we're, we're, a, little bit, we're a little bit different in, than the UK. Uh, there, there's like the studio business in the UK is is huge. It's like, uh, I, I, I can't tell you the multiples of our sector, but it's huge. Um, so in Ireland, you know, there, there's always this undercurrent of RTE shows, uh, Channel 4 shows, BBC shows. So you can always pop in and out of that. So people are not being, they're not getting employment in the same level, but there is a level of employment, but it's at a much lower level. Uh, and obviously they're able to keep going because there's no uh, American writers, or no American cast uh, in those shows, so they they were allowed to keep going on that. Uh, so yeah, the the, the knock on effect in Ireland is 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 pretty stark as well. So um, 
yeah, we'd, 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 we'd like to see both of them settled. Uh, hopefully by Christmas and everyone can get back to work in the new year as normal. Yeah, and a final question then, when it comes to actually upskilling and, and attracting people into the industry as well, as, as aside from the actual training, do we have the infrastructure across our universities, our LOETBs, etc., to, to, to facilitate that training and upskilling? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Screen Ireland have been working for a number of years in developing new courses and they've, they've set up uh, three training academies around the country. So there's one in Galway, there's one in Limerick, and there's one in Wicklow now. So they've been doing a bit of work on that. Uh, the, the area I'm, I'm focusing on is uh, um, the new technologies in terms of uh, virtual production, which we know we're going to need a lot of crew, and we don't have, we don't have that training in place at the moment. So setting up, setting up those courses and having the facilities with the technology within those courses and then the people to train them so you know we even have to train the trainers to to um to bring those people along so the project i'm looking at right now is probably a a 10-year project should be up and running in three years but like it'll be 10 years before it reaches its full potential and by that time we're going to see a major shift uh, towards those new technologies that i'm talking about it sounds very exciting Absolutely, you know, and it's fascinating too. And I think again, it, it really—you've just kind of shown a little spotlight there on on the industry and indeed the potential that lives within that too. And undoubtedly, it's an industry that would attract people in. So I think people look forward to hearing exactly what's coming down the tracks in terms of training, the upskilling, and and getting a foot into that industry. But uh, for now, Tom Dowling, thank you so much for coming on this evening, and uh, certainly looking forward to hearing more on the projects that you're you're behind at the minute. Okay, thanks, Ronan. Oh, yes, Tom Dowling there. And Tom was speaking there about that announcement last week in the budget about basically the, the film tax credit being extended. Um, and Tom painted a picture there of, of the costs of creating even a, a TV series that uh, the cost of doing so went up a lot there in the last couple of years and and um, again raising that raising that upper limit too has a huge implication there for the industry and will, will help preserve what is a very very strong um, industry I say if you look at some of those statistics that Screen Ireland produced at the end of last year for the year before um, it goes to show the scale of growth within the Irish industry and once we get over that uh, little roadblock in them of the issues that presented from those writers and actors strikes over the last couple of months too things look like they will come back on stream and indeed there's massive opportunity and massive opportunity for the Midlands there. So um, if you are looking for an opportunity and you've got some extra money to go, well, why not put it behind a really, really fast-growing company based down in Carlow? Um, they are basically behind the e-scooter rental market and they've got, they're now supplying over 40 or 50 cities right across Europe and you can take a piece of, a bite of that action as well if you have some money floating around there. Find out exactly how and why you can do that after this break. Taking care of business with thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Established in 2019, Zoo Scooters delivered the world's smoothest and most stable experience in micromobility in over 40 cities in six countries right across Europe. They're a wholly Irish-owned company as well, established in Kildavan in County Carlow by Damien Young. And you're probably familiar, Damien's been on the show with me once or twice over the past couple of years. The growth behind in the company has been absolutely massive as well, and they've raised well over $5 million in funding to date. And they've had a number of funding rounds too, like from different um, you know, private organisations, like of Enterprise Ireland, but also 
also in raising um, money from things like the EIIS. Now, says you, what is the EIIS? Well, I mentioned at the top of the show, it's the Employment Investment Incentive Scheme, and it offers opportunities for kind of almost any individual to take shares in the company or indeed for companies to reward employees with shareholdings in their companies too. So Damien Young, the CEO of Zeus, is here to kind of talk about that and about the, the, the upper limit being raised in the budget last week and again, the opportunity it presents for investors um, right around the Midlands or indeed wherever they may be based. Uh, very good evening, Damien. How are you doing, Ronan? How are you? Uh, fantastic, Damien. This is another thing that was sort of uh, tagged on at the end of last week's budget. Nobody probably paid much attention to it, but uh, can you give us a rough synopsis of what it means? I suppose they the, um, they've they basically doubled the maximum investment in which you can claim relief to up to 500,000 per annum. What does that mean for somebody listening who might be looking at investing or getting their hands on some shares? Yeah, we weren't actually expecting it uh, to be announced in the budget, but uh, it's, it's a welcomed uh, announcement. Um, as you say, EAAS um, and people my genre might remember the the old PES scheme. Um, so it's dating back a long time, and the government brought this in. And the idea of the the scheme is really to support Irish-grown businesses that are young businesses that might find it hard to you know to get traditional funding from banks and so on. So the EAAS is basically an opportunity for individuals um, to invest in small companies and uh, claim 40% tax relief on their investment. Now, what they announced in the budget was um, the traditional, I suppose, cap for the investment was 250000 What they announced in the budget uh, this year is an increase to half a million, to 500000 and bringing together the horizon for up to four years. So there was two sorts of investment, a seven-year investment and a four-year investment. These are all going to be four-year investments, up to half a million. So it opens up, I suppose, a new pool of potential investors uh, to look at EWIS as a potential for good returns and supporting Irish uh, homegrown industry. Absolutely, it's a fantastic opportunity. I think those numbers, you know, they may entice some some investors into it as well. And of course, about two months back, your own company, you, you made a big announcement too that you were kind of going to try and raise more money through the EIIS as well. Uh, take us through that, like the offering that you have for Zeus at the minute. And I suppose maybe I, I gave a quick intro there in the in, in the opening piece as well. It's probably even grown more since then. Yeah, so, so I mean, our company, um, and again, you know, my, my background being in financial services, I'm aware of kind of struggles of SMEs, you know, accessing finance and so on. So we've always looked to the EIS uh, as an option, not only just to raise funds for ourselves, but also to give individuals opportunities to invest in companies and to get that 40% tax relief, which is very beneficial. A lot of people don't know this, and, and I suppose it's, it's good to be able to talk about it a little bit. So we, we've done it almost every year since 2020. So we were formed in 2019. Uh, since 2020, we've done an annual EIS round. So the predominant uh, investment in our company is through EIS. Um, and what it has done as well for the company is it has enabled it to grow to what you're you're talking about there. Um, you know, we've we've grown year on year. We've doubled revenue between 2020, 21, 22, and it's 23 now. Um, and we've expanded into new markets um, and expanded our fleet um, across those new markets, introducing new products and so on. A lot of this has been on the back of individual, private individuals that have uh, accessed EIS uh, investment through us. So what we're doing this year, um, we, we have just kind of launched our EIS uh, proposition um, and we're offering um, uh, individuals for every one euro that is invested, um, they will see a return in four years time of one euro fifty um, plus 
the um, the obviously the tax incentive of the forty percent. So a a, a twenty five thousand investment, for example, costs the investor fifteen thousand, and the maturity of that investment in four years is worth thirty seven and a half thousand. So just to give you a kind of a, a broad example of, of 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 what's involved, so it is it is you know very attractive. Um, it's a good good attractive return. Um, and it is supporting Irish businesses. Yeah, and I'm actually looking at the little um, kind of the flyer you've put out for it as well. And as I say, sometimes you know, future performance is it can often be judged on past performance. You've got some kind of you know very strong predictions there around gross revenues and margins and EBITDA as well. Um, is there actually we mentioned kind of the the higher amounts there? Is there a minimum amount that a person can invest in a company? Yeah, there's a minimum amount of twenty five thousand, um, and I suppose you know that helps us with the fact that you know there is legal fees and documentation and so on. Um, the maximum limit this year for twenty twenty three um, will still be two hundred and fifty thousand. Um, the budget announcement um, relates to twenty twenty players, so the maximum is two fifty. But generally, you know, people are investing somewhere between twenty five and seventy five is, is is generally the, the, the investment. And you know, they can claim that back in the first year. So they can claim the tax relief on that in twenty twenty three. Uh, so it's very advantageous to us um, to to the investors, but it's also very advantageous to us to to enable us to get that funding in. Um, and as you say, you know, if you look at our journey over the last, you know, three years, and people who invested EWIS money into our company before it even started, um, you know, had taken on a lot more risk than people today. Because people today, we, we can see, you know, we've grown revenues to almost six million, um, and we can see the track record of the company. So we've, we've established a very good grounding, a very good uh, business model, and therefore people can be confident in our growth over the next four years as well. When it comes, like, say, from a from a company owner's perspective, and maybe just in general, I'm not even asking you for your own preference here, but do companies tend to prefer, say, one investor putting in two hundred and fifty thousand versus ten putting in twenty five, or really is it an open source and it doesn't matter? Money's money at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we, we've we've kind of got this down to a T now, Ronan. So, so you know, if if there are smaller investors coming in, you know, every, everyone goes in as a as a as a shareholder under a certain class of shares and you know there is you know standard documentation standard this so it is relatively easy for us to 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 have lots of investors at the twenty five thousand um level um because we have all that kind of documentation you know larger investments if people go to vcs if people go to 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 larger kind of investment houses there is an awful lot of of legal negotiation there is an awful lot of uh, of terms and conditions that you know have to be negotiated between the parties and so on that's not the case in EWIS. It's 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 effectively you're buying into a particular share class, and that is uh, what you get. So, you know, we welcome smaller investors, um, and we also welcome the, the larger investors. <laughs> As you say, money is money. Absolutely. Well, I see here at the bottom of that um, information that you put out there as well, you've raised over 3.3 million to the EIS between 2020 and 2022. You're looking at this tranche at about 2 million and you intend to raise up to 15 million overall to these investment schemes. So the opportunities are there. So I suppose the best thing to do is if anybody's listening and they're interested, how can they find out more? Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking after this at the moment myself. So you can email me, Damien, D-A-M-I-A-N 
at zooscooters.com or you can go onto our website zooscooters.com and click on the icon for uh, investment, EIS investment, and that will get through to, to one of the team in terms of providing more information on the investment this year. So it's a, a relatively easy process. And um, one thing to mention is you know, these, these investments have to be done um, before the year end, right? They have to be fully done, fully legal, fully uh, filed, etc. before the, the, the year end. And I hate to say it, but that year end is, is really coming on us fast. Uh, <laughs> it absolutely now is. in the middle of October. So once we see Halloween and we get into the silly season, so people who are thinking of doing this, do it, right? I've had investors in the past that have come to me, you know, Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve, can we do this now? No, it's, it's too late. <laughs> and, and they've lost that opportunity to get the uh, tax incentive. Absolutely. Well, look at anyone listening, Damien, that's Damien with an, with an A at the end, at zooscooters.com, you know, there's an opportunity for you. But as always, Damien Young, look, a huge pleasure talking to you and it's fantastic watching the growth of, of Zoo Scooters and all the very best as you go forward with it. Thank you very much, Ronan. Good to talk to you again. Not all they mean an absolute pleasure. And uh, there you go. Look at there. There are opportunities out there too. So look at you know, these things as well that are that change in the budget. You know they offer up even greater opportunities. So again, to watch out over the next couple of years. But there's a real life opportunity for you. Anyway, time for me to take an opportunity to get out of here and uh, vacate the studio and allow Mr. Joe Cooney in. He'll be here with Country Roads after the news at eight p.m. Uh, thank you for listening. As always, I'll be back next week from seven. If you have a chance there, the Midlands One Hundred Three Hospitality Awards are taking place on the sixth of November. Tickets are now on sale. Midlands103.com is the place to go to secure your tickets for that gala dinner in the Mullingar Park Hotel. It is always a fantastic night and one we all look forward to. Anyway, looking forward to talking to you all next week. Take care. Chat you then. Taking care of business returns next Tuesday at 7pm with the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business.